0: Quite often, we we wonder why prayers are not answered. Why is it that we are born again and yet we find life, sometimes for some people, very miserable? Sometimes we ask ourselves, God, why? And sometimes, why me? Why me? Why am I facing all these challenges? Why is it that sometimes we want to do the right thing and we see ourselves doing the wrong one? Could it be that we have not allowed our minds to be renewed? Could it be that the word of God has not taken its rightful place in our hearts? The past two Sundays, you know, we've been talking about defying the puppet master. And I wrote this piece this Sunday just to remind us that even though we're looking at it from a spiritual point of view, but that if in any sense you feel that you are under any kind of vulnerability and you need help, please do speak out to those who can help. No one in this life should feel under any threat, coercion, control of any sort. And so whether it's in the workplace or out there in public, the Lord has set you free as a Christian. Don't allow yourself to come under any kind of control. And if ever you find yourself in that, know that there is help. If anyone bullies you, there is help. If anyone tries to intimidate you to make you do what you don't want to do, there is help in society. And when we come into the church, we have a safeguarding policy that everyone in church should feel they belong here and they are safe. June is one of our safeguarding um, officers in the church. So if for any reason there's something concerning, speak to June or speak to me, or Mark um, Price Howard. He's not here this morning. He's gone for Scouts uh, event this weekend. But this is just to say that when we come into God's presence, it's a place to worship Him in freedom. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And when we worship Him in freedom and we go out to the world, whether it's the world of work, or the wider public. We want you to be confident in who you are as a child of God. And so through this service, we'll have times to pray because we want to come to the Lord. I just sense that some of us feel besieged, besieged by maybe what is happening around you, what is happening in your family, what is happening among your friends. And there's no other place where we can find help than in the presence of God. And so we'll be praying over a number of items this month because it's a ministry service. Now, the power of the Holy Communion is something that people have experienced in their lives, I have had an experience of healing through the communion where I was unwell and I partook in communion and I was healed. And so I want us to begin to realize that when we come into God's presence, even by what God has asked us to do through the communion, it is a powerful, powerful weapon of worship a weapon with which you can defeat the enemy because our readings this morning will begin to give us an idea of the fact that in this world there's a lot of battle that people face but there's something Jesus says be of good cheer for I have done what fill it up for me I have thank you very much Jesus, be of good cheer, for I have overcome. And you are an overcomer if you're a child of God. And you have to be confident in who you are and believe that very, very truly. And so we're going to listen to the reading of our Bible lessons this morning, taken from two places, Second Chronicles chapter 20, and also uh, Timothy First of all, do you think?
1: Yes, as uh, the minister said, the uh, first reading is from 2 Chronicles 20, 1 to 23, and it's uh, t- entitled, Jehoshaphat defeats Moab and Ammon. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and some of the Medianites, came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already a Hazazon Tamar, that is, in Gedi. alarmed." Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in, in Judah to seek it. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it? forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend they have lit, lived in it and have built it a sanctuary sanctuary for your name saying if calamity comes upon us whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us but now here are men from Ammon Moab and Seir. Whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah. With their wives and children, little ones, stood there before the Lord. In the spirit of the Lord came, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeho, and the son of Mathaniah, a Levite, a descendant of Asaph. As he stood in the assembly, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will climb. They will be climbing up the past of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeru, and you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions and stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tikoah, as they set out Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, and Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon Ammoab, and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering them from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And the second reading is from 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 16. Paul's charge to Timothy: But you, men of God, free from all this, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring out by his own time. God bless, and the only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honour and my foot.
0: Thank you very much. Wonderful reading. And it's really about us taking our place, taking our stand. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says to us, fight the good fight of what? Faith. Are we together? Oh, are you here? <laughs> Have you gone back to sleep? Okay, verse 12 of First Timothy chapter 6 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Do what? Fight the good fight of faith. Let's say it together. Fight the good fight of faith. Once again, fight the good fight of faith. Now I want you to help me. Tell someone next to you, you are called to fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> Did they agree with you? Yes. All right, good. Fight the good fight of faith. So this morning we are declaring that the fight back has just begun. Because we read in the scripture, 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat, the king was surrounded by three nations, three armies. It's an echo of what David did, his great-grandfather. David faced this great army, and he didn't know what to do. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we read, that's where we got our theme for this year. Pursue number two. (laughs) <laughs> I need to do something to rev you up this morning <laughs> Because it seems you're still having one eye closed And still wanting to snooze But awake, 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 old church Alright, number one, pursue Number two, Number three, Fantastic Now, that was in 1 Samuel chapter 30 Today's reading is Jehoshaphat having three armies come together against him. He didn't know what to do, but he did what was the best thing to do. When you don't know what to do, what do you do? Turn to God. But let's always remember that prayer should not be the last resort, but the first action. Prayer should always be the first thing, your response. Whenever something happens, turn to God. And so here, we find Jehoshaphat surrounded. That's a song that says, It may be like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may be, it may look like I'm surrounded, but actually, I'm surrounded by you, God. I may feel besieged, but Lord, I know you are with me. And so, look at what Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat stood up in the whole company in verse 5. Then, Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of God in the front of the new courtyard. Here, he came to the Lord. ask the Lord what to do. Jehoshaphat was totally, totally overwhelmed. In verse 3, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire. Remember that's what David did. He inquired from the Lord. What do I do? Shall I pursue this people? You know, the easiest thing is we take action before we begin. We shoot before we ask who is there. Sometimes we do that. But actually, God wants us to inquire. Not because we cannot take action, but because our action has greater impact if God is with us. If God goes with us on the journey, if God goes with us in the battle, nothing will overwhelm us. And so here, Jehoshaphat asked of the Lord, Lord, what am I going to do? The Bible said he was aligned. it was a natural reaction. So if at any time you feel alarmed, overwhelmed, it's natural. But what do you do after that? It's important. And so he did what he should do by turning to the Lord. And the whole of Judah, verse 4, the people of Judah came together. The church, when we come together, nothing will be impossible. The Bible says in Psalm 133, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters, brethren, to dwell together in unity. Oh, let me go to that scripture because there's something there I want us to really pick out. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Now, what is it like? Look at verse 2. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the bed, running down on Aaron's bed, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Haman were falling on Mount Zion. Now look at that last sentence. For there the Lord bestows his word blessing, even life forevermore. When God's people are together in unity in prayer, God releases his anointing. That oil is the sign of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He says then, the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon us and wherever the anointing is active, yokes are broken sicknesses are healed people are delivered and that is what god wants to do with us when we come together and here we see jehoshaphat beginning to call on the lord and we see in that same chapter that he did not just pray he began to remind god of his promises Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. When you count your blessings... And those blessings are embedded in the promises of God in his word. When Jehoshaphat knew that this was not a child's play, three armies allied together against him. Remember in the um, 1990s when America and the Allied Forces went into Iraq. Don't ask me whether that was the right thing to do or not. I'm just using as illustration. Because up to today, we haven't seen that weapon of mass destruction. They said they saw by intelligence. But anyway, the point there is, they allied together and they descended into Iraq. Iraq had invaded Kuwait. And they said to Saddam, get out of Kuwait. Saddam said, I'm not going out. And they said, you have to go out because this is a nation, even though you are bigger, we don't want People to feel because they are bigger, they should be bullies. And Saddam refused to leave. And these nations descended on Iraq. And you could see the pictures of Iraqi soldiers with their hands up. They couldn't fight because they were overwhelmed, overpowered. Now the point here is, if the Bible says God is for us, who can be against us? God is allied with us. And God is saying, I'm going to fight this battle with you. God is saying, whatever we're experiencing, that is in it with us. And so don't give up your faith in the Lord. And so Jehoshaphat began to remind God, God, remember your promises. You are the one who gave your friend Abraham this land. You are the one who has delivered us. You, you, you said to us that if we come to this sanctuary to pray, that you will hear from heaven and you will deliver us. Now is the time, Lord. Arise and let your enemies be scattered. They began to pray and reminding God of his promises. If you don't know what else to pray, remind God of his promises. There are so many promises in the word of God That if we begin to go through them one by one, we will not exhaust them. In fact, virtually every scripture is a word of promise. I've tried to bring out a few of them here just to remind us of what heritage we have in the Lord. Now... In Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, God said to Israel, when they were facing the Egyptians, He says, the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. The Lord will do what fight for you, you only need to be still. In Isaiah chapter 40, from verses 29 to 31, He says there, He gives, God gives strength to the weary. And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will do what? Renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not faint. If you cannot run, you can walk. <laughs> That's a place for everyone. And if you're walking with the Lord, you're not going to faint. If you're running with him, you will not grow weary. If you're soaring on wings with him, he is going to make you soar even higher. And these are promises of the word of God that when you come to a point where you feel, Lord, I'm weak, I don't know how to continue. Know that God's word is there to buoy you up. And Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 tells us, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not be afraid. Afraid, I will help you. He said, He takes your right hand and says to you, Come with me. Don't be afraid. I'm going to help you. That's what God says to us. And if we have that understanding of God being with us, then there's nothing in this life that can really move us. People will look at you and say, What's wrong with you? Nothing faces you. Well, yeah, because you know the one who is working with you. Amen? They will think that you will break down and everything about you is over. But they see you bounce back again the next morning, you're smiling. We said, what's wrong with this person? <laughs> but why? Because the Lord is your strength. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so if we have these promises in the word of God, we don't have to be afraid. That's why Paul will write to Timothy and say, fight the good fight. I know the scripture says when you're smacked on this side, turn the other cheek, isn't it? Now there's that funny story of a new Christian um, who was punched and he fought back. And knocked out a pair of teeth. <laughs> and the, the pastor came and said, Bros, what's wrong with you? Did you read the scripture? That if they smite you on this side, you should turn the other cheek. He said, Pastor, I turned the other cheek. And they smite the other side. And the Bible didn't tell me what next to do. <laughs> <laughs> He had exhausted everything. He decided to fight back. <laughs> Maybe you've exhausted everything. No, it's not physical fight we're talking about here now. Just in case you go and said, Reverend George has said I should go and fight my enemies. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're saying there's a spiritual warfare going on. If you read Ephesians chapter 6, he says they put on the whole Armor of God, so that you will be able to withstand all the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, in Second Corinthians, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll see there what it tells us about this warfare. Because in this life, sometimes things happen to us. You see, if you are of no consequence, the devil will not attack you it's because he knows who you are what you're carrying that's why the devil will attack you now second corinthians chapter 10 from verse 4 in fact from verse 3 says for though we live in the world we do not wage war against as the world does sorry the weapons we fight with Are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to do what? Demolish strongholds. We demolish even arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take what? Captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you see? There is a center of oppression in every one of us, our minds. And it's a battlefield. When you have fear, it's because the devil has sown some seeds into your mind. You begin to wonder whether God can help you and God can deliver you. He tried it, as I said the other Sunday, with Jesus. He said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, do that. But Jesus kept putting me away. In the end, he said, get behind me. Get out of my way. Hallelujah. And God has called us to know there's a battlefield of the mind. You know, um, I think it's uh, Joyce Meyer who wrote a book with that title, The Battlefield of the Mind. To say that every day we are bombarded. Even when you watch your television... There's all kinds of subtle messages that want to make you do something or buy something. It's a battlefield of the mind. Even when you go to the shops, you have your list. But as you're passing an aisle, there's something you don't want, but it's inviting you. That aisle is inviting you. Say, come, I'm here, I'm here. Pick me, pick me. And you're battling yourself. No, I want to lose weight. I don't want to take you back there again. (laughs) It's a battlefield. But the Bible says that we take captive those thoughts and say that you can't control me. Even when this is engineered, instigated by someone external, as we've been saying the other Sundays, you should know that you can take control of your mind. You can say to yourself, I will not give in to these thoughts. Because when things happen, sometimes, why do people hate? It's because in their mind, they have made up that, I cannot love this person. <laughs> That's how hatred comes. No matter what the person does, they make up their mind, no, there's nothing to do. In fact, the more the person does to please, the more that other person gets enraged. <laughs> Even when they say good morning, they find a problem in the good morning. Because in their mind, they are already set to say, I cannot love this person. So the battlefield of the mind. This morning, let's know that we have been empowered by God to serve Him. To stand on the finished work of Jesus Christ. To know that we are special. And no one else can ever... Change the love of God for us. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8. What can take us away from the love of God? And so our battle is not a physical one. But I've also said, if you face any physical act of control or coercion, there are laws that protect you. Please don't be silent. And that's actually part of the fight back. That you tell yourself, I'm not going to be silent anymore. I'm going to seek help. There's always help out there for you. But as we read Timothy, Paul is saying to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. It's good because that's the kind of fight God wants us to fight. It's not a physical one. I said to people, if you come punching me, I will run away. But if it is spiritual, I know I can face that one. Amen? Because I know where I stand in the Lord. I was once in a church and someone, you know, threatened me. And you know what? Some things we face in life. I think I'll finish with that story. We, we, we take sometimes some things for granted. And until I had that experience, I always knew, well, there's a spiritual world, there's a physical world. I knew the devil is there, but I had no personal encounter until that day now people i was very close with but this man had a different kind of spirit and i was trying to disciple his two sons bring them to church help them to grow in the faith but i also didn't know they had a different motive of very coming very close And before we knew it, they went into the vestry and stole the church's vacuum cleaner. (laughs) And so they took it away, and when we investigated, we found that they took it away. Someone said they saw them going to sell this vacuum cleaner. And I called them, I said, look, you're my friend's. Don't want any trouble. Please just bring back the vacuum cleaner and this will be as if it never happened. But they refused. In fact, they became very aggressive. Spoke to their dad, they said, You are accusing my children? Oh, it was all trouble everywhere. But the church had its facts and they didn't want to let it go. In fact, they called the police in, they were arrested. And that was taken to court. And I was like, God, deliver me from all of this. I don't ever want to be known as the minister who took their member to court. Yeah. <laughs> and so he became very, very angry with me. He threatened. He said, You're going to see, I'll deal with you. All right. I didn't know how he was going to deal with me. But one early morning, Sunday morning, As I was, you know, just about to wake up, actually that dream woke me up. I saw myself going into church, and that church had no gallery. But in that dream, it was as if there was a gallery in the church. And I I saw lights inside the church as I was passing by. I decided to go in to see what was happening. And in that dream, I went into the church, and I saw people sat up there, and... Then, as I was coming in, they seemed to move. And then I saw the lights going up the gallery as if someone had a touch. And I followed it. And as I was going up, I didn't see anyone again. And I began to pray in that dream, going around the church and praying. Now, as I woke up, and I was wondering, what's this all about? First thing that morning, as I was getting to church... This man who had not been to church for months was one of the earliest to come to church. Regularly dressed. He came into church that morning. All right. I was like, thank God he's beginning to come back to church. But there was something else happening. As we started the service, I began to feel uncomfortable. I didn't know what was going on. I began to feel uncomfortable. All right. I said, Lord, what's going on? I was feeling okay before coming to church this morning. And then the service went on and I was about to go up the pulpit to preach. The next thing I began to hear is drop this hymn book because of the hymn before the sermon. Drop this hymn book and leave. Drop this hymn book. I looked around. No one was next to me. It was really happening inside. And I said, God, if there's any day I've ever preached, it's going to be today. I'm not going to drop this hymn book, and I'm not going to leave this place. Because I began to feel, okay, maybe ask one of the elders. That was going to be very, very strange. Short notice, and I'll say to one of the elders, sorry, I can't preach, can you preach? They're like, what's going on here? But anyway, I said to myself, Lord, I'm going to preach today. And as I began to speak in tongues, and the song was going on, I began to feel shackles broken. Whatever pressure I was feeling from my head down, I literally felt something unbinding. And that day, I ministered by the grace of God. It was a wonderful ministration, but that was it. Now, when I went back to think about it, the Lord was saying to me, if you had done that, you would have actually run mad. That was what the plan was. Now, that was that day he never came back to church again. What again, it was the fulfillment of whatever he had done, okay, to see his manifestation, but God did not allow it to happen. So what am I saying? We live in a world where there are spiritual entities. And we need to understand that. But you know what? He that is in you, he that is in you and me is greater than he that is in the world. You have the power of God with you and behind you and there's nothing that can happen to you. So in summary here, I've tried to put together just to remind you something to help you go out To fight the fight. And we'll start it here. Inquire of the Lord God, this issue I'm facing, what do you want me to do? Be encouraged also in the Lord because David, Jehoshaphat, in their times, they found what? Encouragement in the Lord. Number three, realize that you have allies in God. God is your ally. And there are people around you too. You're never alone. As a Christian, Other Christians are there with you. But again, as I said, concerning the law, the law is also your ally. If you feel threatened, you can call the law to stand by you. But again, take charge of your mind. James chapter 4 tells us, resist the devil and he will do what? Flee from you. And finally, Jude tells us, contend for the faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever you face every day, you have a God who stands by you. You have God whose authority is always there to help. And so this morning, we're going to be praying. Because as I said at the beginning, I just sense some of us have really this pressure. Pressure from different things happening around us. But I want us to pray for one another this morning. Alright? We're going to pray for one another this morning. And I want to tell you that the Lord is here. His spirit is here. God is here to do things that no human being can do. Let's just individually begin to thank God, first of all, for his word this morning. The fight back has begun. Today, the fight back has begun. In your life, in every aspect of your living, just thank God that you were here today to hear these words, to be empowered, to go out and live in liberty, to go out and declare the glory of the Lord that is following you about. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Ancient of Days. We praise you, O God, this morning. You're faithful. You're faithful, Lord. Oh, the scripture we read. The Lord says, I am with you. He says again, when you pass through the water, it will not carry you. When you pass through the fire, it will not consume you. Can you begin to speak to the Lord and ask him to help you to step in, to intervene in your life, in your family, among your friends? There are people who need help. Every week we send out the prayer news about people who need help. This morning, the Lord is saying to you, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I am with you. I will help you. I will deliver you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need Every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you, God, I need you. Oh God, how I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. If you're feeling helpless, you can say, The Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to handle this. But Lord, you can handle it for me. But Lord, you can give me the victory. I need you, Lord. I need you every hour, even right now. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm, Teach my soul to rise to you, Lord. When temptations come my way, Oh I can I cannot stand I fall on you Lord. Yes I need you. I need you Lord. I need you. I need you every hour. I need you. This morning if you just sense that you need prayer, you sense that you need prayer in any aspect at all. It doesn't matter what it is about. Please just come forward here. And we're going to pray together. When we come into God's presence, that's a place to be. It's a place where we can be who we are before God. Unembarrassed. Unashamed. Knowing that we have come to seek strength from our daddy from our father oh he said Abba Father Abba Father he is here this morning and so I want to give this call if you are there and the word of God has come to you and you know that you need prayer please just leave your seat and come here members of the um, ministry team will be helping to minister to you. God bless you. Just, Just come and, you know, the Lord, we are here for one another. We're here for each other. Bless you. We're here for each other. Or maybe you're here, you're thinking of someone who needs help, not you. Come, let's pray together for that person. Bless you. He's here to lift our burdens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Should come closer? Yeah, please come come around.